0: Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 135 of the podcast. It's the 1st of August, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, I have a wonderful conversation with Anna Brown. It was so nice to speak with her again. We dive into her family's move to unschooling, how she developed trust in the process, what she found to be the most challenging aspect tips for moving from conventional parenting to consensual living, stretching our comfort zones, and lots more. As a personal update, this last week, I really enjoyed taking a little vacation so we could all hang out together during Lissy's visit. We did lots of hiking, played lots and lots of games, had many wonderful conversations, and lots of good food. (laughs) If you're on Instagram, I posted some pictures there. It was just a great way to relax and enjoy each other's company for a few days. I definitely feel refreshed now. As a community update, I wanted to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work through Patreon. And a big, huge welcome to new patrons Vanessa Almazan, Nicole Mazze, Leslie Grossblatt, and Heather Lake. And thanks to Tara McGovern for increasing her pledge. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to support my work, like this podcast and my website, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. Over the next week, I'll be sending out the August wallpaper image and scheduling the August video chat. And as I get back into my work after this little home vacation, I'm excited to dive back into the forum. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Anna. Welcome, I'm Pam LaRicchia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Anna Brown. Hi, Anna! Hello. Yay! It's so fun to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> Many listeners will have heard you answering questions in the Q&A episodes, as well as that episode about parenting that we did. Like That was over two years ago now. Yeah, in the beginning, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I realize that they haven't heard about your unschooling journey in any organized detail. So I'm very excited to dive into that today. So to get us started, just give us a little introduction um, to you and your family. Sure. Sure. So um, I am married to David and we've
1: been together for over 30 years and we've lived up and down the East Coast and just recently, a few months ago, moved back to Virginia, which is the state where we both grew up. Um, We have two daughters. They are 18 and 20. And our oldest moved out at the beginning of this year. Um, We miss her terribly, but I love that she's doing her own thing. That makes it easy. And actually, that's something I'll talk about later, too. Um, Our 18-year-old decided to move to Virginia with us while she's figuring out what her next steps are. And we have some traveling things coming up. And so she's excited about that. And my mom is actually also currently living with us for the first time, and she's going to be moving to her own place in a couple of months, but we're really enjoying this time with her. And you know, it's such a time of transition for all of us, but it's been really interesting to kind of... Just, you know, I, I love that focus on family and connections and our relationships. And so that's really helped us with kind of this tumultuous transitional time. Um, we have always unschooled, and we are a family of people who enjoy just pursuing lots of different interests. Yeah. Um, my husband is actually big time into cycling, that takes up a lot of his time. But I like to do all the things, <laughs> as Pam knows. Um, I love learning new things. I love just the puzzle of it, the intellectual curiosity, all of those things that new things bring. And I mean run the gamut from farming to technology to anything. <laughs> right now I'm sculling, like sweep rowing and sculling in the big long boots like you see on the Olympics. <laughs> so I just started that. That's been a lot of fun. Um, we... You know, I think that unschooling was such a great fit with us because of that because we really just all are kind of excited about exploring the world and doing things and that kind of thing. So I love the freedom that it gave us. so it's been a really wonderful journey over these past twenty years.
0: <laughs> I love that feeling too, right? It's like, um, you know, when you see the thing and the next thing and and I find for me anyway that. it's always like a step ahead right you're just finally kind of settling in and like there's something else there's something else it's like oh this oh this and it's amazing all the like you said they they don't have to be like uh related in in an easy sense anyway you know what when you look back though you kind of see the thread don't you? don't you? oh that's why that was really interesting to me yeah
1: all the time. I love that thread. <laughs> and the holes, you know, the rabbit holes that lead you to all these different things that seem to not be connected, but really there is this connected path.
0: Yeah, and I mean that like you said, that's a that's a really important piece of unschooling, I think even for the parents because you're living that curious and learning lifestyle with your children, like they see you doing it. This isn't something just for kids. Right, no, where you're kind of sitting back and waiting for them to be inspired, waiting for right. them to be curious, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think that that piece of it, when you don't have that piece,
1: when you're when you're just looking at it as this maybe kind of educational model for your children, you're missing a big piece. And not only that, but I think that's where people maybe get caught up because they they're stumbling because they're just focused on the, the child in front of them. Instead, if they were just exploring and living and doing life, then everybody starts joining in that together. And so you're not just stumbling on these places that people get stuck on. But what about the this? What about the that? No, you're learning, you're doing, you're seeing it in action every single day. So I think that probably is an important piece that maybe doesn't get talked about enough to pursue your own interests together as a
0: family. I know. And and it takes so much pressure off the child too at that point too, right? Because we're just like so focused on what are they doing next? What should I be bringing them? And it's, I guess it's hard, especially um, at the beginning because... You know, if you tell people, oh, pursue your interests, do your things, right. then they take no. that as, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of be hands off. I'm going to do my thing here. The kids going to do their thing there. And, and we all go about living our separate lives. So it's that that whole piece of trying, of talking about living connected with each other, yes. right? And that's it. That's that
1: connected piece because You know, my kids help me along that journey. You know, it's not a separate activity necessarily, even if it's something I'm doing that maybe they're not learning the guitar and I'm learning the guitar. They're singing the songs with me. They're right there with me. They're seeing me struggle too, which I think is important because, you know, sometimes i I noticed with my kids and with friends' kids too, you know, we have this idea that adults know everything and everything comes so easy to them. So I loved learning together. Those weren't separate activities. That was us each learning and picking up different things and struggling and practicing or whatever the thing might be, and so then it just all—I don't know—it just kind of makes more sense, I think, to everybody. But yeah, definitely not saying go off to you know <laughs> and leave your kids. Yeah, but no. Be involved, be excited about the world, be interested.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you said, it doesn't have to be something that you're literally doing together, but you're all like learning side by side and doing things side by side, and something. Yeah. Sometimes things go well. Sometimes, you know, they're more of a challenge and. Just seeing because then they can see that in their own lives. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember when mom ran into this kind of an issue and, and what she did with it. And, you know, maybe that comes up in conversation. Maybe it's just their own internal processing. Right, right. You know, no, but, but because you're living together side by side, chatting about things, if they want to bounce it off, of you, if they want to a little bit more help processing it, seeing connections, they've got the opportunity um, often to bring that out, right? And
1: I think the connections we were talking about with the threads and the other things, the connections maybe become a little bit more clear to everybody. And and that building of skills, I think one of the things that school does that I don't love is how it segregates. Learning. You know, so it's not connected. And I think what unschooling does a great job of doing is you really see, okay, so this learning that we've done over here, oh my gosh, how that helped us get over here. And then it helped us find this thing. And then it helped us with this skill over here that we didn't even know we needed. You know, and so I think that helps build confidence to try new things and to explore out in the world because you see how it all fits together. It's not, you know, you don't have to just do this in
0: little segmented parts. And I think that's uh, especially you know when you first start unschooling that first year or or handful of years is is gaining that experience, seeing that happen with right. yourself and with your kids. It's like now I get how this works, right? <laughs> Rather than just staring at your child right. and waiting for them to all of a sudden display all the stuff that we're talking about. No, the that thriving environment is for the family it's not just for the kids it's such a huge (laughs) okay so uh i'm curious to hear about how you actually discovered unschooling and what your kind of move what the the decision kind of looked like to not send your kids to school
1: sure so um basically, like I said, we've always unschooled. And I have told this story before, so people are going to have heard it, but I'm going to say it again just for anyone who hasn't. Uh, and because this is a story, like this is literally how it happened. So my oldest daughter had a lot of medical issues after her birth, and they were not sure that she would survive. And when it became certain that she would survive, at least to get out of the hospital and to come home with us, they had a lot of, you know, really dire predictions and She's never going to walk. She's never going to talk. But thankfully, she did not get those moves and went on to speak very early. Um, Physical things were harder for her at times, but she always found a way. And it was actually beautiful and amazing to see her find her way around those pieces, too. But so early on, she was about age three, and she was into bones, and so I bought a fifth grade textbook to answer her questions. And when we opened it up, it said thigh bone. And she already at that point knew it was femur. And she's like, this book is not right. <laughs> not right. I mean, they're teaching fifth graders, you know, that this is the thigh bone. Um, so I ended up having to find this college level anatomy text that was the massive tome of you know, pages and flip things. Um, to get the questions answered, like to the depth and level that she was looking for. And so around the same time, we were at a playground near our house, and she was playing on the slide, this kind of elevated thing. And I was down, but was could see and was right there. And uh, she pointed to this little boy in front of her to his chest, and she said, that's your sternum. And he looked down, and he said, no, that's a triceratops. <laughs> and because picture on his shirt. And so this heated argument ensued because, oh my gosh, she's very, you know, no, this is your sternum and it's connected to your blah, blah, blah. And she's going and he's like, you don't know your dinosaurs, lady. You know,
0: <laughs> this kind of thing.
1: And so it was really, anyway, we got through that and got them the play set and, and went home. But that day I was like, okay, kindergarten isn't going to work for this child. So we're still two years away from kindergarten at this point, And she has no interest. I mean, she had already long knew colors, numbers, letters, things like that. And I just thought, what is she going to do in that environment? <laughs> like, that's not going to be an environment that feels good to her. So that I had to kind of sit with that for a minute, like, okay, so what do we do that? <laughs> like, what does that look like? Because I had I had been working full time prior to having her and really in the beginning before she was born, I thought, Oh, you know, I'll do the six or eight weeks and then I'll go back to working full time in corporate America or whatever you're know, doing at the time. And, you know, we'll do this or that or private school or whatever school. Um, but then after all of her medical issues, the, a lot of things changed for me, you know, emotionally and just, you know, spiritually and all kinds of things that I knew that I wanted to be with her and just spend this time with her. And so, you know, then I was like, okay, well, I guess I resigned myself to homeschooling at that point. And I found classical methods and I think it was like the well-trained mind or something like that, you know, that yeah. book from yeah. a long time ago and and i say resign because i really didn't want to be a teacher like that idea was not appealing to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i was like oh, okay but i can do it you know i'm so grateful she's here and i'm so grateful you know that she's is this brilliant mind and all of these things but then i found john holt and i really don't even know how I, I feel like it might have been at the library, um, but I came across. I think the first one I read was "Learning All the Time." So it's a pretty small book of his, um, and oh my gosh! As soon as I read it, I was like, "This is her. Hafton. This is her!" Like oh my gosh! Like this is the this is my child, and so he it just spoke to me so instantly that like this is how we learn. Like I loved his understanding as humans, we really do like to kind of dig deep into things we're interested in, you know, and we, we learn with all these different connections and that, that it's a truly natural process. And I could see it, you know, he talks about observe your child, observe your child. And I could see this with her, you know, here we were three years in, she's still very young, but look at what she's learned, you know, in these three years. And even, I mean, she was advanced or whatever than some, but any three-year-old, language, you know, acquisition, all of these different things, relationship things, you know, all kinds of stuff that they've learned up to this point without formal schooling, you know, and so... And I think maybe it was easier with her because she ha- did have a lot of this kind of academic knowledge that she had already learned at three years old, and so I was like, "Why would I send her to a place that isn't going to serve her you know and so I- i'm so grateful you know to have found that book at that time because yeah. it also really spoke to how I learned, you know, and how I could see things with my husband. And so I just thought this is the natural process. I want to see how that plays out. And we really never looked back from that point.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, that, that almost describes the, the next question, which was how did you develop trust in unschooling? Like from that intellectual understanding to like knowing that it was really going to work. So was that really the process of of reading, um, John Holt. Talking about that as theory and then observing it in your husband and your daughter. Exactly. I feel like it was just that process of
1: watching, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I stepped back because I think, especially when I first made that decision about, okay, well, we're probably going to need to homeschool and I'm talking to David about it. You know, I kind of got in my head, you know, this is this intellectual pursuit. And then I think that really stopped me Mm -hmm. to step back and let's just observe where we are. Let's look at who she is and how she's learning and how she's interacting with the world and and I knew that I needed to stay out of the way of that. And and that's not a hands off thing. It's it's facilitating. I'm there. I'm I'm, you know, even anticipating some things, but really just listening to her. You know, I, I don't need to you know, because if you look at something like a classical education, I mean it's very specific. Really specific. <laughs> if you've never seen it, you know, I mean you have to write sentences, and you have to, you're learning about this Greek thing, or this, that, and all those things are interesting, it's not that they're not, but it's coming from me, you know, and what I found, of course, over the years, is that she learned about all of that, and more, because she was interested in it, so it really just became stepping back to out of her way, but being right there to facilitate, and to kind of follow those leads, and to see, you know, because I feel like, again, it's such a natural process, when we have an interest, or need to know something, you know, we ask questions, Mm -hmm. we read a book, we look it up on the internet, we find mentors, you know, we explore, we just put our hands in and start doing it. You know, we dive deep until we have our curiosity satisfied for that thing. Now, it may be a lifelong love that we've stumbled upon, or it may just be we want to do this for a while, and then we want to move on. So I, I guess I really just that observation and spending that time stepping back, I was just like, wow, I want this natural instinct to lead the way. I want to see how this unfolds. And I mean, because I am kind of that scientific left brain mind too. I mean, I was fascinated by this because, you know, I did well in school. School was, you know, pretty easy for me and, and, and I, you know, enjoyed it a lot more than my husband. Um, it was fine. But I was like, wow, so they're going to learn to read without reading lessons. You know, they're going to learn math without what is this going to look like. And I was curious and really didn't know, but they did. You know, I saw it every day, every year, all the learning, these complex things that people think have to be sitting in a seat and, you know, drill, 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 drill. I'm like, no, they didn't do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) They just learned and talked and explored and answered questions and found the answers when I didn't know them and all of that together. And I I found that fascinating on so many levels, you know, as a personal relationship with them, but also just as observing how as humans we learn and what that, what kind of implications that can have for us.
0: I love how you were so ready for that because, you know, when you, you talked about how you were really uncomfortable with the idea of homeschooling, because as you looked in it, like you said, it was really about you having to jump in and take control now, right? Yeah. So that was already feeling just uncomfortable, even though you yeah. didn't know what else there was till you came right. across it. That's really cool. And yeah, we'll get into how fun, <laughs> how fun it is to watch them. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so let's see, was there any particular part of that journey, <clears throat> the move to unschooling, that that was a bit more challenging, like you could see the learning, like you said, and you saw the learning that she was doing all the time. Was there any other particular aspect that was a little bit harder for you to move through?
1: You know, I don't, I wouldn't say that I had any kind of challenges moving to unschooling, but there were hard parts for me. So I'll just talk about, you know, pieces Mm -hmm. of that. One of the things for me was putting myself out there to help facilitate my child because I'm an introvert, um, you know, going up to strangers and, you know, trying to find mentors and doing those kind of things was not always easy for me. And what's funny is for my oldest, especially, she has no problem talking to anyone. And so, oh my gosh, she taught me so much about just, People like to talk to you about the things they love, you know, just start talking to them and they would just be so excited that she was interested and, and that really helped me. But that was hard. And I struggled with that a lot because I, you know, the way I learn is typically read a book or look it up or do, but she really liked having people, people who were doing it, things like that. And so, you know, that really stretched me. Um, We were fortunate um, to have a thriving homeschool community in Charlotte where my girls grew up. Um, Not always a lot of unschoolers, but enough interest-based activities that, um, you know, that created this vibrant community. But still at times, you know, finding connections can be tough. And I think that's another area where I had to do a lot of work. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's easier with school. I feel like school brings its own set of challenges, but I know that I did really have to work to find and keep connections into our community to create community. Um, you know, I think that in the end, as I'm looking back now, you know, at that time, our lives are so enriched by the diversity of the friends that we had and our unschooling journey, which are friends all over the world. Um, you know, it's made all of that work well worth it, but I definitely had to stretch myself over the years to keep creating community, Traveling long distances, putting myself out there, organizing groups, which is something I would never have thought I would do, you know, driving, 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 oh my gosh, the hundreds of thousands of miles that I drive our cars. People are like, how do you put so many miles in your car? I'm like, we are driving to see things, meet people, do things, you know, all of this. And because a lot of our friends were all over the place, we travel to see them too. Um, And these are things I didn't know that I could do, but I feel fortunate you know, that I pushed through some of those, you know, kind of initial things that, that were holding me back to create this amazing life, you know, for them. So while, unschooling itself was never really a problem for me like the philosophy or that idea that you know in execution there were definitely areas that stretched me and kept me growing the whole time
0: you know well I really really love that one because you know I don't think about that often but it's it's absolutely true and you know I found it easier to stretch myself for my kids yes yes (laughs) I was like, okay, it was that last little push. It's like, this is for them. Sure, I'll ask. Sure, I'll phone. Like when I would have, if it was, you know, reaching out for something for myself, I probably would have put it off and put it off eventually done it. But for them, it's like, you know, okay, sure, I can do that. Oh, just, just a little observation. <laughs> but but absolutely. I mean, I would never thought I'd have hosted a conference. <laughs> And right. that was, that was part of just trying to, you know, build the community, trying to find people local to us because we were driving down to the States every year and right. loved the people that we met there. And then it's like, Hey, we met them through a conference. What if we, you know, if I put one on up here, let's see who, who shows up that way, you know, trying to just, just build that community, the connections and, and absolutely not being afraid to drive and go places. Right. Right.
1: And I think that's part of what we were talking about before too. Like that's how it's all of us growing. You know, Mm. it's not just about the kids or just about ever. We're all growing and we're all, you know, creating opportunities because you're creating opportunities for your kids, but it's also creating connections for you and it's building different parts of the business and things that you didn't even probably foresee way back then, you know, that have come to pass now. So Again, but there's that thread that's connecting them all along the way. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah.
0: And, and just to say for some, some people who are like, oh, you know, might be worried my, my child doesn't like to go out, doesn't like to yeah. meet. It, yeah, it, it's not even really about that. It's still because facil- my eldest wasn't a big one for going. He went to conferences yeah. a few times and then then he stayed home. He's like, yeah, you know what? I prefer here. But it was but he was still finding those connections, those human connections, but he was finding them in a different way. So it was still facilitating him exactly. and his online access and his, yes. his um, <laughs> you know, making sure he had the, the computers, the software, the the whatever, to find connections the way he wanted to have connections. Right. And, and that, you know, that we had the same
1: thing happen too. And actually, the child, my youngest, it does enjoy seeing friends, but she does have a big online games are really important to her online gaming. And so, you know, another area stretch, I'm creating servers for Minecraft, and <laughs> I'm doing all these things that I'm just like looking at YouTube and thank goodness that YouTube like walks you through the steps, but it's all those things. And, and, and again, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the process for the most part, but it is stretching, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I didn't know I was going to be learning this today or doing whatever, but, but again, it's those connections because all those skills that, you know, we learn in other things we put and I'm like, okay, I can do a server. This is similar to other things and, and different in this way. And so, you know, then it helped her create these lifetime relationships. Yeah. I mean, again, all of these years later that we're still close to from all over the world. So I, I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, for me too, that was the biggest thing was being open to stretching my comfort zones and it was doing the work to do it. It wasn't like, oh, I got to do this cuz my kid wants me to do this right. and I'm unschooling so this is an expectation on me. No, mm. to do the work to process to understand why you're choosing to do it because it's still always 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 a choice, right? Always. And to get to the point that um you're literally personally choosing it for a reason. It makes all the difference in the world doesn't it
1: <laughs> all the difference in the world and then you see it for kind of the fun growth and stretching that it is versus this drudgery or this have to
0: or whatever because you know you know I don't believe in have tos
1: <laughs> everything's a choice and i think it's so powerful to understand that
0: yeah it's it's so worth the time to get to that place where where you take the time to realize why you're choosing to do these things because because then you can the whole attitude and energy that you bring to it—I mean, imagine you're working on that server, and you come with frustrated energy, and you're like, "Okay, here, it's done, it's done," and and then you're like, you run off to something else, and then something goes wrong. They don't want to come and ask you, right? right. right? Because they're like, "Oh, she was already frustrated here." You know, we're not going to. We don't want to bugger, because everybody's trying to be nice to each other, for the most part, for most days, right? Yeah. So you're, you're cutting off communication and connection with them if you don't get to the place first of understanding why you want to choose to do this, right. whether it's for yourself or things for your kids or whatever, because even when it's something for yourself and you choose to dive into it, then you're more excited and more apt to share, Right. With the people around you and with your kids, it's like, "Oh hey, I did this, and ah, uh, this happened, and you're just it's just a way that um your energy and your attitude becomes about sharing and and connecting rather than drudgery and having to get through this and moving on right right that's so cool. <laughs> So what about David? What was David's journey to unschooling like?
1: So it's so funny. So David is honestly a natural born unschooler (laughs) and I had no idea and he wouldn't have known the word at all before all this, but he is, it's just how he lives his life. Um, He never liked school. He just didn't fit into their box, but he's this super smart guy. And you know, we went to college together and in college, you know, he, he did do more debt better and he liked it, but I think it's because it was Mm interest-based, you know, he was then finally able to do something that was interesting to him and that was kind of at a level that kept his interest. And, you know, so then he had a career that he enjoyed until, you know, some things changed with that. And he ended up retiring in his mid thirties. But he, he's always helped the rest of us to enjoy the moments like and just do the things we love. Like he is the one that really guides that part of, of our family. Um, and he has always prioritized his relationship with the girls and with me and like that decision to retire early. Um, we had a lot of number crunching to do and a lot of, can we make this happen? And what would that be? But for him, he was like, but we won't ever get this time back with the girls. Like if I can be here now with the girls and then we try to do something else later when they're older, you know, and I just love that. Like he was, he's not a fear-based person at all. He's like, we'll figure it out then and we'll figure it out whatever. But, but what was most important to him is to not lose that time. And so I love that about him because he keeps me lighter when it comes to things like that. Yeah. And helps me. Um, so yeah, could not have asked for a better partner for this journey, because I know that some people struggle with that. And, and I, I wonder too, with some of that, if it's, and, and we talk about it when we talk to people that are struggling, is, you know, I think that person's probably hurting and not feeling heard and maybe not feeling satisfied in where they are in their life. So if we can help them get there too, you know, again, it's that whole family working together, mm-hmm. that that can help that journey be a little bit smoother.
0: And I think you mentioned that he's not um, fear-based in a lot of his thinking. And I think that can be a real big challenge because, you know, that's what society kind of drums into our head. You know, if you don't do this, this will happen. This will happen. This can go wrong, you know. So we're always so used to worrying about the things that might go wrong someday, right, rather than being in the moment. I know. And he is so great at being in the moment, really much better than I
1: am. I've gotten better over the years, but but he's really led the way with that. I tend to be a planner. I'm not really a worrier necessarily, but in some ways planning is kind of the same. I mean, if you're like, if you, depending on how you approach it. And so, he's just like, you know what? It's going to work out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll do. And so, and, and so I love that. So we kind of balance each other because I'm still planning a little bit and he's still flying by the seat of his pants, but it's good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you
0: yeah. know what I found over the years? I eventually found, cause I'm a planner too. I love, I love planning, Yeah, but what ended up worked for me mo- mostly is, is planning but then being able to release what actually happens, right? Yeah. So for me, I found Absolutely. the love of oh, like planning and planning like multiple kind of options, yeah, and and then get and then getting to the place where it's like oh, now we'll now we'll see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, okay, you have a website, choosingconnection.com. com which is home to some great articles that you have written about consensual living. Now I was hoping you could share how your interest in conventional consensual living developed and how that kind of evolved <laughs> over the years alongside unschooling.
1: Sure. So Um, consensual living, like the term I coined a long time ago, when someone asked me to speak at a conference about a philosophy that we've been talking about online. So when the girls were little, I was big into the online communities of, you know, parenting and unschooling Mm -hmm. and different things. And so, um, that's kind of where that came from. And it really developed out of a necessity for me personally. So I had practiced attachment parenting with my girls. So think co-sleeping, baby wearing, extended nursing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it made so much sense to me to respect and honor these, you know, amazing beings that were entrusted to me. But what didn't make sense was when I saw people suddenly become authoritarian and directive as soon as their child reached four or five and especially amped up at school age.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of like,
1: wait a minute. (laughs) Weren't we all just at the group talking about how great it is to follow their cues and, you know, things? And so I felt really um, disenfranchised by that. Like I thought, what, why? I don't understand. Um. And what I saw is the things that, you know, we began talking about finding agreeable solutions, assuming positive intent, working together, communicating how all of those things applied, not just to my relationship with children, but to all of my relationships and to like all interactions. And that intrigued me because, you know, here's me liking new things and puzzles and how does it all fit together? you know, how we could shape the world by how we related to one another. I was just thought, like, gosh, that's so powerful. And it's this opportunity that we're missing. And so out of those discoveries and ideas, you know, this kind of philosophy of interacting was born and grew. And my friend Pat and I managed groups that talked about the principles and how they could be applied in all our interactions and how powerful it was to trust and work together. And it, You know, I think that for me then and and for me now, how it reaches beyond, you know, uh, unschooling and parenting and whatever is still fascinating to me. Um, You know, it isn't something I really talk about as much anymore, um, but it's still very much how I live my life. It colors all of my relationships and really all of my interactions. And a few years ago, when I had to find a place to park those articles, I chose the name Choosing Connections. Because I, over the years, you talked about that, asked about the evolution. I feel like that's what I realized it all boiled down to was choosing to connect with that person in front of you. You know, whatever your relationship to them is, you know, it's choosing to find that human connection. And so when we focus on and choose connection, you know, so many things become easier and I love how again that has our power to shape our world, you know. I, and one of the back when consensual living was kind of blowing up and people were talking about it, I was on a radio show, and Alan Combs, who has actually passed away, but he it was so funny because he got it. Like he's like, you know, the callers were like, "You're terrible, and your kids are gonna do whatever," and you know, I, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. So I'm just like laughing about that with him, and he's like, "You know, I'm thinking maybe if." governments were doing what you're talking about, like we'd have a different world. And I'm like, yes, you get it. (laughs) Because that's the thing. Like if we could hear one another, if we could talk to one another instead of posturing and fear and authority and all of these things, you know, wow, it just changed everything. So it still is something that's near and dear to me, um, even though I don't do a lot with it except just in my personal life now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, living it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's – I mean, it's huge and it's such a big piece. And I feel like that was something that for me, I learned from, from watching my kids, right? And from engaging with my kids and from realizing how that connection with them was, like you said, the foundation. Everything blossomed from that. Everything, when that was strong, everything just went better, right? It, it felt better. I mean, it's not like, even when things went wrong, it went better. (laughs) Like the resolution went more smoothly, you know, we could talk more about it. We could, we could even like understand what the other person was saying better because we had that connection, right? That foundation of connection, you know, to build upon. Yeah, exactly. And, and I too, like, you know as you described it i i found the same thing how that bubbled out into all relationships all interactions with other people and so i just ended up kind of loving it through uh, the view of the hero's journey but it's yes. you know it's, it's the same it um, is. principles right yeah, it is. right that's that's beautiful and and like like you were saying how when you're out and about in the world like even now as i'm you know chatting with people and and you find, don't you find, like they really enjoy having a conversation with you because you just see them like relax yeah. and just start sharing from from their heart. I guess is, <laughs> you know, they start sharing their real selves.
1: We all want to be heard, and that's something we used to say a lot back in the cruise. So with it's like everybody wants to be heard. Even that two-year-old, even that mailman, even that person, whatever, we just want to be heard. And it's so simple to just take a step back and really listen and then have a true conversation, you know, and it's just something that we kind of stay in our heads and move past and don't, you know, give an opportunity. And it really, it is, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And that ties into the, the whole ethos of busyness yes i think too right which which is something that so often we work through with unschooling because our children and then we realize for us too i had no clue the value of of just time to be right right versus doing 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 the value of that time to just be let your subconscious whatever process you know that's and then now we're talking about learning connections right yeah. <laughs> learning connections relationship connections all those connections need time you have to give them that bit of time to bubble up and and life is just so much fuller and and more enjoyable all at the same time
1: isn't
0: it boom boom i'm just making connections here i'm like just just let me think about that for a second I know. it really is amazing it really really is Okay, so can you share some tips for moving from conventional parenting towards creating that climate of consensual living? Well, I think, like we've just said,
1: I mean, one of the most simple things to keep in the forefront of all decisions is connection. You know, is what I'm about to do going to enhance my connection with my child or harm it? And that quick little litmus test can kind of guide the way through a lot of, you know, rocky areas. Um, some of the things we've talked about: assuming positive intent, listening, validating. Those are tools that we've talked about on other shows and different things. You know, all of those tools can help so much. Um, but but really, it just it's having conversations. It's having communicating. You know, time when you can communicate. It's having that underlying connection, that foundation that allows those conversations to feel comfortable and to feel safe for everyone. And I think it's that simple. You know, again, people just want to feel heard. They want to be in relationship. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, and it reminded me so much. I think sometimes as a society, we think that children are kind of out to thwart and do or whatever, but children actually want to live in community. It's, it's If you watch and observe them, they want to know what you're doing and how do I do it too? And how do I fit into this group? And how do I, like, that's just a natural human instinct. And so if we can tap into that by connecting and listening and hearing and, and you know, kind of protecting that piece, oh my gosh, it does create this foundation that makes everything so much easier. And, you know, I feel like because of that, working together really comes naturally. And once you quiet the noise from the outside voices or these, you know, way it's supposed to be or way people think it's going to be, this fear and authority and deficit-based focus that we have a lot through schools and really just through our whole society, when you can kind of set that aside and focus back on the people in front of you, you know, then I think you just see, okay, this isn't so hard. We can have a conversation. We can do this. It's just when you've got all this stuff going on back here that I think it gets a little bit tough. Um, And I think, you know, parents really get in their heads a lot. And I think that makes it more complicated than it needs to be. You know, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was that piece that, that just jumped out of me when and when you said when they get in their heads a lot something that that um i i see is we and i i remember feeling it so much being worried sometimes to open that connection like to take another step and connect because i don't know if it's going to go well right you know right. as in you know are they going to Like what I suggest? Am I getting in the way? And 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 even you know when things are going well, it's like I don't want to ruin this, you know. So that fear that getting in our head that stops us for a moment. And it was an attachment parenting book um, that we I think we talked about uh, last year or something. But anyway, you know, it talks about how um, when you're connecting with another person and or a child, you know, that so often what they say, like 50% of our, our interactions aren't going to go as expected, Mm. you know, that was kind of their average, but that the most important piece was the reconnecting piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you were reconnecting, it wasn't a big deal because, you know, that that's life, you know, who knows? It's, it's that curiosity about the moment, you know, how is this going to go? unless you're, you know, but you're still observing them, you know, and if you can tell that it's more annoying than, than anything, you know, it's like, okay, those aren't the good times to do it. But, you know, it's all back to that connection, that relationship, that being together with each right, other. That's the thing, the working together, because I yeah. think parents often put
1: a lot of pressure on themselves to have all the answers. Do it right. And yeah. It isn't necessary. You know, our children have so much to offer. They have so many great ideas and they're carrying around a lot less baggage than we are. So it's like tap into that, tap into that connection. And I feel like the bumpy parts can smooth out so much faster. But I think when we're in our head and we're thinking I'm supposed to know how this is to solve this, I'm supposed to fix this, it's not supposed to be this way. I mean, those are just not helpful words. <laughs> like it's just not a helpful energy place to be, but instead if you can just kind of come honestly like I don't know what to do here, but I love you guys and where should we go next? Like how do we figure out how to move on from whatever this conflict is or whatever this problem is? What a different set of energy than coming in with this. Okay, I'm going to fix this, and oh, they better do it, and I hope it's going to work. And you know, yeah, just- I know.
0: So many, so many questions too, and and I can I can so empathize with them because yeah. I remember that feeling of you know, I need to figure this out. What do I think would be a good plan, and then I'll go talk to them. Right, right. But (laughs) Because like you said, they have such a wonderful perspective to bring. And then I'm not going in with an agenda. Even if it's like buried in my head, it's still like an attitude. I'm still like Trying to get us there if I think I know what a good answer is. And they sniff that out in a heartbeat and and, (laughs) and they'll react to it, you know, and defend and put up
1: walls Mm -hmm. as opposed to when you can really go in and just say, let's see, you know, here's what I'm thinking, what are you thinking? Then it's then suddenly these ideas pour out and some of them will work and some of them will bounce off the floor and some of them are whatever. But I think it's, um, that agenda piece is, yeah. You know, let that go. Let that set outcome go because, again, they're going to be so much more creative and you're all going to be more creative when you're doing it together with this mm-hmm. open curiosity, this open mind.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that's a big piece of de-schooling is, yeah. is we really feel like we need to um, control things and and you know when we're we're like oh we want to we don't even realize that it's it's really about control at its root when we're like oh my my child's having this problem and i want to figure out how to help them you know we really think we're trying to help them but we're doing it without them exactly yeah. <laughs> Okay. Control, Over the years, right. I, I prefer, in a lot of oh. ways. Sorry,
1: no control wears its head in a lot of ways. I
0: know, I know. It's it's amazing. That's that's one of the things I loved about the revelations yeah. of deschooling, and and they still hit me. Like I've had yeah. one or two here already, <laughs> but it is everywhere. Yeah, and it's always. I always talk about. Uh, I think I mentioned it recently on a podcast that. I just always remind myself to be open and curious, open and curious over and over again, because it's so easy to get pulled in, right? And to just think for myself and get stuck in my head. But when I'm open, things work out so much more easily because I'm bringing things in. I have just so much more to choose from you know what I mean? Exactly. And
1: uh, so many times, especially with the kids, it was ideas or things that honestly just weren't even on my radar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they brought it up and I'm like, Hey, yeah, that could work. That makes sense. You know, (laughs) or, and just seeing them work it out. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't have thought that, but they like it. So that's good. You know? And so it just keeps, I don't know. Yeah. I I love that piece.
0: Yeah. And being, being comfortable with what they come up with. Like if it wasn't my plan or if it wouldn't be the way I would, you know, the direction I go go or whether I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because they're learning from the experience too. This is what they think is going to work for them moving forward. So why not help them move forward with that? Because then they're going to learn from that. They're going to learn from that, from how they were thinking and analyzing the situation. They may move forward and the next day think, oh, no, you know, that doesn't seem feel right to me anymore <laughs> exactly. because, look, I, I think I lost out on that dealio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll bring it up so that's again. Part the, that's part of the learning. Exactly. You know? exactly. That's what they'll take in rather than if I, you know, kind of said, well, I think this would work. And even if I talked to them and kind of got their buy-in, it was it was my idea, so they don't learn as much from it moving forward as well. I don't think, right? Because because then if it doesn't work out, it's my my fault, and not that I'm worried right. about the blame, but they're not processing it that way. They're not thinking about You're it because right. they can just not. say it's and you. They feel
1: a little bit stuck, like we create this dynamic where this authority, be it parent or whoever's going to solve this problem, versus looking inside and and using a more collaborative approach, you mm-hmm. know, and so I think, again, when they find out the next day, well, this doesn't feel great, there's no negative piece associated with that. We were able to just, okay, well, hell, let's try something different, or let's yeah. do something else. It wasn't this you're supposed to do it this way, it's failed, it's wrong, it's bad. It just became this, again, this open curiosity. Okay, well, that didn't feel great anymore, so what could we do now? But there was still this kind of open communication that was fostered all through that process, which I loved.
0: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't nailing somebody to <clears throat> Right. Well, this is what you chose. Exactly. Now you, know? <laughs> you got to live with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: okay, now we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> Um, so over the years, I have heard you talk a few times about the importance of the stories that we tell ourselves. And I, I love it every time you talk about it. Because we think, you know, even when we talk about the stories we tell ourselves, we think, oh, it's just in our head, you know, what's the big deal. But it really, really can be a big deal, can't it?
1: Yeah, this is such a big deal. Um, I think we often don't realize the power that we have to control our own narrative. We get caught up in how other people are telling our stories. and But when we step in and begin to write our own story and a story that focuses on connection, growth, joy, you know, it changes things. It changes how we see ourselves. It changes how others see us too. It changes what we attract into our life. You know, I've had, Plenty of difficult things happened to me throughout my life, but all of them, in all of those times, there were bright moments, you know, moments of joy, moments of connection, moments of growth for sure. And as I focus my gratitude there, it creates a story that builds me up instead of a story that weighs me down. So I'm not carrying the weight of the tragic times or the difficult times. I'm carrying this built up of, you know what? I survived that. I learned it. And I still, I found things in it that I can smile about or things, or even if it's a connection with a friend that helped me through that time or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. I'd much rather focus on that connection with that friend that got me through that tough time than carry the weight of that tough time for the rest of my life. Because which one serves me more? You know, thinking I'm loved by this person serves me more than, you know, staying back at this time. And it's just so powerful because you know i get to decide who i am how i react to things how i move through the world like that's what i can control when we talk about control a lot of times it's we're trying to control other people and you know all of that it's like "Mm, set that aside but what i can control is who i am how i react to things and how i move through this world and so i i always bring myself back to that piece and I think for some, that's a real revelation because they feel controlled by outside forces and all of these other pieces. And I think it's really powerful to kind of turn that around. And so, you know, I would related to that, I would just say to people, you know, be aware of your words, be aware of how you describe things and watch and observe and kind of step back and see how little shifts in language can change the energy of a situation and how you feel about yourself. And how you feel about what's going on around you. You know, I think that's just such a simple tool that we have, that's at our disposal in all situations. Because I think when something, you know, difficult happens, we tend to feel um, off kilter, like everything's happening to us. It's happening to us. <coughs> Excuse me. But what? But when I take control of that narrative for myself in the midst of those difficult situations it's, it transforms them, you know, and it, again, it, it doesn't add weight to me. I can still see that, but I can then get back to open and curious because I'm checking in with myself. I'm telling the story like this, this part is hard for me, but look at these other things, look at this other piece that, that I enjoy, look at how I can find this, look at how I can grow and change from this. So just our words are, are very powerful. And I think we don't, um, Even when we are, so if we have unschoolers, for example, that maybe are very cautious about how the words they say to their children can sometimes say really harsh words to themselves. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in our summit group, you know, and I think, oh my gosh, the language they're using to talk about themselves is so hurtful, you know? (laughs) And I think that they, if we could just be more gentle around that and really understand, you know, how powerful that language is when we give words to who we are, you know, that really changes things. So I do, I think it's so powerful words and story and all of that.
0: Maybe it helps to think of, of trying to see ourselves through the same lens that, that we look at our children. Yeah. Right. Uh, I never, I've never thought of it that way, but that may be a way for people to um, maybe just start because it's, it's amazing. And I think your point about how, (laughs) When we're, we're apt to do that and, and get down on ourselves and feel that weight, when we feel things are out of control, right? Yeah. When we have no control over the situation. But, yeah, when you just – it's just in the way you frame it, right? And it's in the way you talk to yourself about it. Yes. You can find – it's completely under contro- your control, the way you see things. Yes. And every step that you take. Every reaction and action is... And everything you choose to focus on, you know? And so
1: in difficult times for me, because I'm very connected to nature, like that's really important to me, even in a very difficult time, you know, I can still see a sunset and a breeze through a tree and things like that. And it sounds simple and maybe it sounds silly even, but for me, those things ground me because the sun's still rising and setting, the breeze is still blowing, the trees are still there and it just, everything will pass, like there's just a longer view, and so it just helps me to kind of not latch on to that kind of heavy darkness, whatever that is, that's happening to me. And I'm able to step back and still see it because I'm still going to have to move through it. Yeah, and I'm still yeah. going to have to deal with it. And I'm, you know, I may be crying about it or I may be upset about it or whatever, and that's okay. But it, But when I can even shift my focus for just a moment to something beautiful, be it my child or my husband or a tree or a leaf or whatever it is, just that moment, then that, you know, those moments build and then you're moving through. And so I just think that is just a powerful tool we have at our disposal, you know, that we can do anywhere and anytime.
0: Yeah. And I think you, well, you use the word grounded. And I think that is, is such a useful image, whatever it is that you right. see grounded, because we're stuck in the spin, yeah. right? In the fear and the spin and the tunnel vision. And if you can find something that helps you ground for a moment, that helps that stop even just for a second, and then yeah. you can see more clearly, right? Exactly. And you can start building on that, even yeah. if it's just a moment, then you have something
1: to build on that's different from this fear place, this scary place, whatever this thing is that's happening. And so I feel like, you know, try to find those moments where you can and suddenly you're stringing together more and more and suddenly you're through that difficult time and you've made it, you know? And so I think it's, it's again yeah, just a powerful tool.
0: Yeah. And I think, that's something that i feel pretty good about from our unschooling lives when i look at my kids now when things get really challenging is that um i mean they're absolutely challenging and things are going wrong whatever but that they know that there's there's another side you know it's not like it's not ever the absolute and It's not the end of the world. Right. Right? It's a really hard moment, and maybe we have no clue what the next step's going to be, but we've been through things enough times and have taken that approach so that they know there will be, they will figure out some step to take. And it doesn't have to be the right step or anything like that, but you know, one little step just to see how things look different now. Right? Yes, You're just learning a and little it, bit more in that moment to, to make for the next step. Right. And it's funny because I think, like
1: you said a minute ago, you know, find whatever that is for you. And I'm going to share this, but David would laugh, but he's probably not going to see this. So he doesn't. <laughs> but um, so something, we this whole transition and move has been challenging. You know, we didn't know we were going to have to move and then kind of losing our house and having to move and all this was really kind of crazy. Um, but what works for him is he has this, he's like, the time machine, and he's like, basically, we can't stop time, Anna. He's like, so it seems like all these scary things we've got to do. He's like, but you know what? We're going to be looking back a month from now, and we will have done it. Like I don't know how, but we're going to have done it. You know, yeah. And so, so he'll just be like, loop, time machine, it's over. You know, we got <laughs> past it. We moved. We're here. We're done this, and and it's silly, and he's just silly, and it's fun. But but it's true, like you said, we know, like. Time just moves, and we're going to find a way, and we're going to take a step, and maybe some people might say it's a misstep here, but it's a step, and then we correct over here, and then we do this over here, and we keep moving forward, so staying in a place of, like, fear and paralysis just isn't helpful, just knowing, you know, we're going to get through it, we're going to, and, you know, when you're nervous about something that's coming up, you know no, it's going to pass too. And you're going to get through it. You're prepared for it or whatever it is that you've done and you're ready for. So, I mean, it's just finding those little tools or little mantras that just help, you know, we're going to get through this. We always do. And we'll find a way.
0: Yeah. I love that. I use that trick actually quite a bit. Like that. Oh, three months from now, looking back. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm looking forward to the day when I'm going to, you know, know how all this works. I mean, I remember doing that at university. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean. would get a textbook, you know, before the course started, and yeah. I'd be like, crap. <laughs> I know at the end of the at the Maybe. end of this session, whatever, I'm gonna know this stuff. That's really cool. And that and that was that. That that helped me just, you know, get out of that moment where I was stuck. Right, that Not moment fear of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does, it works out, we get
1: through it, we learn it, we figure it out. And that doesn't mean there's not bumps along the way, but yeah. we get through it, you know.
0: And I think that the other piece I just wanted to mention was you talked about, you know, the step and and whether or not it's a misstep, it doesn't matter. And in even, you know, thinking of it as a misstep, because that's that judgment piece too, right? Uh, and I think we we don't realize how deep that goes yeah. as well, because a step is a step. And it's only my future self who's choosing whether or not that was, you know, a right step or a wrong step. Right. There, there's no value in that. I made that step and here's where I'm standing now. Outside might be saying, oh,
1: look, that's a misstep. But yeah, shut that noise out because you're just stepping forward and you're stepping forward with your best information and what you know and, and you're exactly where you need to be, you know, yep. at each step along the journey. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that's. Like,
1: Again, don't even own that language from anyone else, and certainly don't put it on yourself.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that. <laughs> so we talked uh, about comfort zones a little bit earlier. I was just wondering if there was ever an interest or activity that one of your kids wanted to pursue that stretched a comfort zone and how you moved through that. Yeah. So um, with my oldest, again, we have a lot in
1: common. We look a lot alike and we have, we process information a lot the same, but there are definitely areas where we're really different. Um, And there was a time kind of in her, I guess, early teens, maybe, where she went through a stage of really a lot of horror, death, darkness, you know, really heavy, heavy stuff. And, you know, I could see she was working through some things, but I also just saw she was enjoying it. But for me personally, I did not like the energy of it. I am sensitive and I take that kind of stuff in and it hurts my heart to see people hurting or hurting other people. That is really hard for me. Um, And I had to really work hard to be present with her exploration of that and not take it on as my own and to not tell stories about it you know like how it was for her too so I had to keep my focus on our connection Mm -hmm. like where we connected and how I could facilitate her even if I wasn't participating and I think that's probably one of the keys is realizing we all have different interests and we're exploring things for different reasons none is more or less valid um but we can always be there to support and facilitate someone whether we understand what they're doing or why they're doing it. You know, interestingly, with this particular thing, years later, when we talked about that time in her life, I learned how critical it was for her as she was moving through some very big fears that she had. And these were fears she was not verbalizing to me Mm -hmm. at the time. These were things she was taking in and trying to make sense of. And had I tried to kind of curtail the entrance because I felt like, oh, that's negative or that's you don't want to have all this energy or whatever, because that's how it affected me. I think I would have really impacted her ability to move through something that was very important and kind of pivotal in her development so that she could become comfortable with these things. Like that was her process of understanding some kind of horrific deaths that she was exposed to and some other things that happened. And so, you know we each are going to do that differently. And so I'm grateful that I was, even though it was hard for me, able to kind of step back and, you know, let her do that and still support because she, as we talked about it later, never felt judgment for me about it. Like she knew it was something that I didn't enjoy. And so she would kind of say, oh mom, you're not going to like this one or you're not going to, you know, like this. But she knew that I still was totally fine, you know, supporting her. And, and so I was grateful that she had gotten that message because I wasn't sure that I had, that had come through all the time because it yeah. was so hard for me. Um, you know, we can't, always see what's going on inside their heads. And, and actually, no, I'm going to say we never can see what's going on inside their heads. Um, so I think stop trying to write someone else's story, you know, and, and like why they're doing something or what they're getting out of it or what they should be doing differently. I think kind of stop that piece, you know, and, and learn to trust in their journeys and and to keep that connection. And again, that's just what has seen us through so many difficult pieces, you know, whether I'm stretching or they're stretching or whatever. I think it's just that connection, connection, connection as we keep talking about.
0: Yeah, I was, you know, as you were telling that story, what, what popped in my mind was trust. And then you threw that in there at the end too, because when you get, that's why I think it's so important to really um, dig into de-schooling at the beginning when you're getting there and really understand what's going on and, and understand why um, <clears throat> that connection and trust is, is so important to develop yeah, because you're going to need those hurdles <laughs> later, right? To be able to trust when you don't understand why right. um, somebody's making these choices or doing these things or has this interest, you know, or whatever or why they're asking to try this or do this. You know, if, if it's not something that they are that you guys are talking about you yeah. still need to trust that if this is something that they want to pursue or n- need to whatever like their choices trust their choices yeah. right because you're there you're in connection what they want to talk to you about at, in at the time if anything they will but like you said to be able to as much as you can just um, not exude that judgment. You you know, you said later, she said she didn't feel that judgment from you and she felt that trust. It's okay that they know that this isn't your favorite thing in the world. No, because they know I can be honest about who I am,
1: but I don't have to put that on her. So you need to be like this because she doesn't and she didn't, you know, she needed to go through that time now that we look back how important it was for her. But yeah, but I think you can be honest. And I think that maybe is another place people trip up. Well, I don't want to pretend to like that or whatever. I'm like, I know, you don't have to do that, but it's just watch that judgment, you know, make sure that you're okay, you know, with your boundaries, but that you're not, Putting that on them on that oh, that's bad for you or that oh that's going to affect you the same way. I think we do that a lot too. So like those mm. moments are really hard for me in films or whatever. Um, but it doesn't affect other people the same way. <laughs> like I've just learned this. So like I have a thing about clowns. Don't like clowns at all. But everybody loved the new what um, shoot Stephen King hit. Okay, so they're like, you know, they all loved it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. It's clowns. I'm being silly. You know, I can watch clowns. Oh, my gosh. I didn't give a flying flip about the clown. The clown could come sit in the room with me. What I didn't like was that bullying, that the how hateful the children and the adults were to each other. I walked out. I was like, I'm not watching this. I don't care about the clown. <laughs> what I can't do, you know. And so they know that about me, like that is who I'm not going to change that piece of them, but they loved it. And so then they could tell me about the movie and what they loved about it later cuz I just couldn't watch it. And then I could be excited for them and oh yeah, that was interesting or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think be honest about yourself but realize other people aren't taking it in in the same way that you are necessarily and that that's kind of an important distinction.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's something I love to emphasize, that difference. It's not about putting ourselves in the situation that our children are in. It's about seeing the situation through their eyes. There's such a huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Ah, Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number 10. We made it to the last question. Looking (laughs) back, what has been the most valuable outcome from choosing unschooling?
1: You know, I think it's really has to be time. <laughs> because, you know, as I mentioned, we didn't know how much time we would have with my oldest. And really, the truth of the matter is, we don't know how much time we have with anybody. And yeah. some people don't like to think about that. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew early on, because of our experiences with her that I wanted to enjoy every moment, you know, I wanted to be able to live with no regrets. And that, if it all ended tomorrow that I could say we had the most awesome time together. And I'm so grateful. Like that's where I wanted to be. And that's what we did. And that's what we're still doing. I still do it all today all the time because we just never know. And so that's what guides my decisions. You know, (laughs) am I spending time with the people that I love? Am I doing the things that I enjoy? Like, how does that look? And I feel like unschooling was such a big part of that. Um, it allowed us to build these relationships and visit amazing places and explore these things that we love. And Oh my gosh, the magical people we met along the way, you know, I just wouldn't trade a second of it. And I, I am so grateful for that, just all those things that happened. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to understand, like I'm grateful for even the stuff that happened to my oldest because wow, did it change the trajectory of everything. You know, I mean, had that not had, I wouldn't be here today. And so it's just understanding that those are the choices. And I just feel like, oh, unschooling. I'm so grateful. Um, and oh my gosh, it goes by really fast. Oh <laughs> you know, no. time machine, bloop, bloop, it's all over. <laughs> um, but even with that, like, you know, I I, so now I'm in this age where, you know, my friends, their kids are getting older and going off and you'll, a lot of them are upset, and have this, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't feel that at all, honestly, because we have savored every stage, and you know, we continue to be grateful for the time we have together now, but I'm so excited for them, like we've, you know, it's just all kind of built to this natural, I don't, I don't have regrets about not having time, or oh, they're going, and now we're losing time, it's like, no, we've had so much time, and what a gift that time has been, and I feel like unschooling was a gift and stepping, you know, it, it helped us step off a treadmill that, that we were definitely on before all of this happened. And, you know, it gave us as a family just so much that I will always, always be grateful for.
0: Oh, I just love that. And, and too, you, you hit the nail on the head too with the, the, the kids hitting this age. Right. And, and I, I, I just feel excitement for them, you know, whether they, whether they go, they come back, they're staying They're they're away for long times, you know, each piece of that time's a gift. Like Lissy's around here right now. She's off visiting a friend for a few days um, and then she'll be back for a few, but that is a fun time um, and we'll enjoy it. But yeah, it's, it's not at all any feelings of regret. Or 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 sadness or something when yeah. they leave and they're doing their things. Yeah, I mean because the connection's still there, right? They oh, don't shit. need to be yeah. physically with us yeah. for that connection. I don't need to talk to them every day for that yeah. connection, you know, to to stay and thrive and be strong. There's there's no expectation on that right. connection. But when, you know, when one of us reaches out the other one there, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I love that, I, and yeah the whole the whole idea of time it's it's such a huge component, isn't it? It's like it's, it's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the and it's that you talked about with the busyness piece too. I think mm. as a society, we use time in a way that is different, you know, than the way we do with unschooling. You know, where we do our days for so many years unfolded, you know, we just would wake up and unfold. And I think that's really a foreign concept to a lot of people. And I think that is a beautiful gift because it's helped me develop and grow as a person into that space of being able to openly trust and be curious because of that time and unfolding versus when you're, you know, busy, 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 there's just no time for that. So yeah, time is an interesting Topic. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah well, there's a whole stage around time in the hero's journey and in the wow. unschooling journey. that's like one of my favorite <laughs> stages like to write about and to think about. Um, anyway, yeah, I won't get it, but I mean that whole thing you know we were talking about how how there's the there will always be that light, with light at the end of the tunnel or you know that you can yeah. get through things that really? that life still follows the down moments it's yes. good moments, you know. Time, time flows. Anyway. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for speaking oh, with me today. And it was, for having so me. it was so fun to dive into it all. Like just with you and hearing it all kind of flow together. It was beautiful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And before we go, where's the best people place for people to connect with you online?
1: Okay. So uh, the email I'll give is um, the childhood redefined email. So it's Anna at childhoodredefined.com. And the choosing connection website, I think there's also a way to connect through there that will get to me as well. So that's probably the easiest is the childhood redefined.
0: Yeah. And, don't forget, there are some great articles and stuff about consensual living on yeah. your website as well. So I bet people will enjoy checking that out too. They're old, right. but they're still hold
1: up water, I think. So yeah.
0: Well, exactly. It's kind of a timeless thing, right? You're talking yeah. about relationships and, and examples for, even from the time, you know, yeah. that that really helps for people. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also enjoy the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out my book, The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide. Inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey Framework, the book is a weave of myths, contemporary stories, and tales from my own journey. It's not a how-to book. No two paths through the world of unschooling have the same twists and turns. Yet, having a general sense of where you are on your journey can bring valuable insight as you navigate the challenges that will inevitably appear. Remember, you are the hero of your story.